Uh, I'm recording, Dan. Rob, I was recording that whole conversation. Oh, fuck. I didn't mm-hmm. say any. I didn't say anything offensive, did I? <laughs> um, you cared about a podcast, which is <laughs> the most offensive thing. Not, that, yeah. <laughs> well, embarrassing, I was going to say, but not, not quite offensive. Mm, mm-hmm. Offensive, I guess, to people with real jobs, essential <laughs> yeah, workers. Right. How, so let me get this straight. You put in effort and very little in return. That's right. Mm, Not for me. You know what, though? I think I choose to believe Mm -hmm. that in 2020, when the pandemic was just kicking up, people would have been banging pots and pans (laughs) for us podcasters if it wouldn't have ruined the record. (laughs) Out Out of respect, they did not celebrate us in the streets. That's true. Yeah. Yeah. Right. <laughs> Thank God for these podcasts, but I don't want to. Yeah. yeah, I don't want to. I don't want to disturb the recordings. <laughs> yes. Yes. <laughs> Quietly, just banging two rolls of paper towels together. <laughs> <laughs> um. How do we? How do we? Oh, start? how do we start? Oh, I always forget that we have to start the episode. Uh, this could be the beginning. It's a little low energy, but do you, um, uh, oh man, this is a, all right, we could do that. (laughs) 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 This week on King Me. (laughs) Uh, This week on King Me Finders Keepers again. This is Mr. Mercedes season three, part one. King, King me. <laughs> oh, I see. I see. <laughs> Welcome to King Me, the official podcast of bringing the energy up. The official podcast of kinging me. Yeah, bringing the heat. All right, bring the heat. This this is my fastball episode. Oh, I you know. know. Uh, I want to talk about the band Fastball. Oh, what, what underrated. That? What's that song? Uh, <laughs> Which way. one? The way, right? That's that. Oh, you could be talking about the way. You could be talking about. No, um, I'm just talking about the it, way. <laughs> what's that other one called? Is it called Out of My Head? I, I don't know any other fastball song. Yes, you do. No, I sure don't. you do. I don't. I promise, tell- I don't. No, I don't. Dance. You're in ocean. Me. Fire escape. Oh my god! This guy only knows one fastball song. Stop! You're embarrassing me in front of my friends. They were the very face of power pop in the late nineties. <laughs> Is them in uh, Fountains of Wayne just holding down the fort? Jesus oh Christ! Oh man, I love in the Sopranos when uh, Tony goes to the Fountains of Wayne, like the actual yeah. the place. <laughs> yeah, love it. Right, and uh, right, it's like the cop who he got fired. Yes, is working there. Yeah, the cop who he got fired, and then he feels bad about it, and then. Yada yada. Tries to give him like five hundred dollars or something. <laughs> yeah, right? yeah. That I mean, talk about a victimless crime, right? Oh yeah, getting a cop fired. 
Yeah. Everybody should get a cop fired. I agree. I agree. He's the only thing standing you is standing between you and selling the property you own to Jamba Juice. <laughs> uh, Dan. What's up? How are you? Rob, I'm good. Uh, my favorite author just died. Oh, no. Yeah. Stephen King? No, no, no. Oh. He's he's not my favorite author. Um, let's see. Uh, is it Dean Koontz? No. <laughs> Sadly, Dean Koontz is alive and well. He <laughs> oh. torments me. Yeah, we hate Koontz on this podcast. <laughs> <laughs> um, loved his movie, though. No, oh, yeah, Phantoms. Phantoms. <laughs> yeah. That's some a good classic. qualities too. Yeah, <laughs> I can't remember any of them, but right now, Dan, your favorite author is Jordan Peterson, correct? <laughs> That's right. Um, tears in my eyes. <laughs> now, I famously have, uh, you know, listeners. Hopefully, we're going to be launching our video feed soon, and people and <laughs> listeners will know this. But I famously have a very clean room, and I only know about that thanks to. The wet-faced <laughs> king. Right. Those, the, those. the man kept in, like, a medical coma by his daughter. <laughs> <laughs> just so That's, she could... Just so the crying would stop for a few minutes. <laughs> right. Just put him in a coma through the whole pandemic, it feels like. <laughs> he woke up and put he was like, wait, ice. what? Put me on ice. Remember in, like... I want to say it was, like, the end of April when Jared Leto came out of his like uh, desert uh, vision quest thing. And then he was like, wait, there's a pandemic going on. No, that didn't happen. Oh yeah. That happened. Look it up. <laughs> You're kidding. No, I the swear. thing people joke about actually happened and it happened to Jared Leto. Of course. Okay. It, uh, he's mean, lying. If I he's gave, a liar, if I gave you like, if I told you that somebody was out in the desert doing a vision quest, and they came back like a month after the pandemic had started and they like and I gave you three guesses. I bet you could get to Jared Leto. <laughs> Honestly, when you put that out there, the first person who came to mind was Johnny Depp in that that like fragrance commercial where he's burying some of his beaded jewelry <laughs> and also playing his guitar in the desert. Was that a fr- I thought that was a Sauvage music video. Huh. No, I mean maybe there's an accompanying video but it's an ad for Sauvage. Sauvage. <laughs> D- maybe Dior, I don't know. Uh, um that's I don't know. I feel like he's just saying that for attention. <laughs> I mean, yeah. when have we ever known Jared Leto to do something for attention? Yeah, he's not he's not that kind of guy. <laughs> he's, yeah, he's pretty. He seems like he's really down to earth. Uh, maybe uh, I mean, maybe his doctor told him the dry air would be good for his um, his gouty arthritic joints. Because he gave himself gout. Did he? Yeah, I feel like we've talked about this recently and you had the same reaction, but I will remind you that when Please. he was g- gaining a bunch of weight to play the guy who oh, killed yeah, John Mark Lennon, David Chapman. Mark David <laughs> yeah. Chapman. Now I remember. And he was melting about. ice cream in the microwave and just guzzling it. He gave himself gout. <laughs> so now, he, so now, every, now, listener, every time you look at Jared Leto, goofing around on screen i just want you to think that that guy is gout so that's just another thing that you and jared leto have in common correct <laughs> that's right that's right we both have um 
we're both thought of as people with the types of faces you just want to punch, <laughs> right? Yeah. <laughs> we're both accomplished musicians. Right. Yes. And damn it, people love our pranks. <laughs> oh my God, he's such a prankster. Him and Clooney, those two guys. <laughs> Clooney. I wish they would be do a movie together just for the pranks alone. Good Could lord! Could you imagine? Yeah, don't even don't even roll roll on the on the sets. Just no. show me that backstage footage. <laughs> Just give me the special features, please. <laughs> Why is there a dead pig in a litter box? <laughs> Somebody's wires got. They're kind of one. They're kind of one trick ponies, you know. <laughs> All right. I know it was one of you guys, and they're both standing there with like <laughs> <laughs> looking down, like kicking yeah. like the ground. <laughs> hey, you got your pig in my cat litter. <laughs> you got your cat litter all over my dead pig. Best friends forever. <laughs> Two great tastes that mm-hmm. taste great together. <laughs> but hey, we're hey. not talking about Mr. Clooney. Yeah, we're or not Mr. talking Leto. about fifty-one-year-old Jared Leto. <laughs> We're talking about Mr. Mercedes season three and the death of my favorite author, mm. John Rothstein. Ah, uh, Rothstein. Uh, we love Rothstein. Oh man, I remember when I was a kid, just a just a young psychopath reading Rothstein. <laughs> I remember when I read a bunch of Rothstein. And then gained 60 pounds and tried to kill John Lennon. (laughs) (laughs) I remember that this one time when I read Rothstein and then I I fucked a woman that was much, much older. It was illegal at the time. (laughs) Yeah. What was she thinking? (laughs) Yeah. What was she thinking? (laughs) What was Kate Mulgrew thinking? Oh, man. All right. All right. Let's get into it. Because here's the thing. Yeah. I was looking at the cast for season three, saw a yeah. couple names that that really intrigued me. Okay. Kate being one of them. Kate Mulgrew. You Kate might know Mulgrew. her from uh, Star Trek. Star Trek. Star Trek Voyager. Yeah, as she's on Captain Voyager. as Captain uh stick up her ass. Just kidding. <laughs> nah, just kidding. She's cool. She's cool. Janeway. Captain Janeway. That, right, she plays Janeway. Uh, she was also um, on Orange is the New Black. She's been in some stuff. Orange is the New Black. That is Stranger Things for Girls. <laughs> That's right, Dan. <laughs> it's it's Stranger what Things I, for, like for the Girls most, and and, uh, and Perverts. <laughs> it's the most like solipsistic kind of TV criticism where I'm just like, it's just something I don't like for somebody else. <laughs> Everything I don't like is the same, just for different demographics. Yeah, totally. Bojack uh, Horseman, that's Stranger Things for people on antidepressants. Right. <coughs> um, so, so, here's the thing. Uh-huh. Also, in season Who three, else we got this? Bruce Dern, baby. Bruce motherfucking Dern. The Dern. Who, uh, for, you know, Patreon uh, folks, we did uh, oh, yeah. the, the Burbs starring uh, one Bruce Dern. The Dern, Dern. Yeah. yeah. Fucking Bruce Dern is, uh, he's one of those guys, man. He looks, I I can't look at him and not think, like, you know, of the character from the Burbs. But also, I'm like, how fucking old are you, man? 
and yeah, one million years old, but yeah. has always been. He's just always been like he's he's in like a you know like sixties movies and shit. Like he him and like Jack Nicholson were in a bunch of shit together. Like I don't know. He just seems like he's just been around forever. And yeah. obviously, you know, father of uh, Laura Dern, uh, another, uh, you know, some Hollywood royalty in there. Sure. Um, but more importantly than either of these. Yep. Brett Gelman. We got, oh, boy. We got Brett Gelman. You, you're a Gelman guy, right? Of course. I like his whole deal. Do you really? Nah, not really. Yeah. I, I mean, he's, Brett Gelman, Stranger Things alum. He's is that a, right? Oh yeah, man. Wow, they'll put anybody in that thing, huh? Oh yeah, they will. <laughs> I think it's I think it might reflect poorly on me that I have such a chip on my shoulder about a show that stars children <laughs> that feels like it should be beneath me. Yeah, I mean like you definitely hate it more, I don't know. Too much. I, I think you hate it more than a lot of people like it. You know, but why are there so many seasons of it? And why was everybody acting like they, you got to admit there was a lot of manufactured consent around the the most recent season. And it was very annoying. Sure. I agree. I think, I mean, we, I feel like we talk about stranger things all the time on this show. We should probably just (laughs) change the the direction of the show to a stranger things podcast. The big wigs. (laughs) That would be. Yeah, I mean, I think of all the people we've alienated by being, like, critical of Stephen King adaptations, not even Stephen (laughs) King himself. Right, right. And, like, I just, I'm imagining, like, a show purely forged in the fires of hatred. I, I, yeah, I would love to, uh, to to do that uh, to do to do old stranger you want it like i i, I maybe for the patreon i yeah i would not things. Uh, yeah i wouldn't do it um because i know how much you don't like it and you don't want to watch it but i, I do, would do it i do think <laughs> it would be very funny for you to watch it and uh maybe start out hating it and then ultimately like it <laughs> i mean i don't I, it, honestly i don't actually think that would happen uh, the show. Yeah, I was gonna say. I think you're underestimating. No, I know. Uh, me. The, sh- the show. <laughs> I, I cannot stress this enough. Stranger Things is fine. That's mm-hmm. that's as that's it, man. It's just fine. It's if anybody who takes it further than yeah, it's fine. It's a fine way to pass the time. Uh, I think you're you're investing too much in it. Disagree. I think you think you that intense, it's well, I think if you have intense worse. negative feelings about it, you got a shout it from the rooftops. Sure. You have to, and, you have to well, break you have the to, hypnosis. You have to match the, the energy spell. of the people who are shouting from the rooftops of about how great it is and how, uh, you know, Oh my God. Did you see what 11 did in this episode? Ugh. Or whatever. Ugh. Uh, you know, who else is in this? Uh, Mr. Mercedes, which is what we're talking about here. Um, Glenn Turman. He plays Judge yes, Rain. which sounds like a name you might make up on the spot if you were trying to come up with a fake name. Right. He's but an, he's another alum of our Patreon podcast, Dan. 
He was in. Is that right? Yep. He was. He's. Uh, he's a Dante guy. He was in Gremlins. He plays like the science teacher that ends up getting like killed. Yes. Oh my God. Yeah. Welcome back, Glenn. Yeah. And I will say, he's great on this. I. Yeah, he's. Very he really fun to stands watch. out as like uh, on a show that has become interminably boring to me. Um, yeah. He is really injecting <laughs> some fucking life into this, and like. Really, just spit shining some pretty annoying dialogue. I gotta say, yeah. So this, so we're talking about the first five episodes of season three, right? Which mm-hmm. at this point Brady is dead. So what the fuck, man? Who is Mister Mercedes? The answer, nobody. Different. Maybe case. all of us. Maybe the whole town is Mister Mercedes now. Yeah. Um, I don't know, man. Which I, also, I thought it was interesting that they revealed in season three that her full name is uh, Little Latin Lupe Lou Linklater. <laughs> What'd you think of that? I thought that was a weird choice. I th- yeah, I mean, it was it was even weirder when they played the song when she entered court. <laughs> <laughs> like, Matt, like she should have sang that whole she should have sang that whole song at the end of the episode. She should have. Yeah. Instead of Neil Diamond, what's that song called? Like Colleen, you're my baby. Yeah, I, I'm not familiar with that Neil, Neil Diamond song. I I do like Neil though. Um, you're a Neil head. Oh yeah, I dig Neil. Do you, do you not? I guess I don't. I don't feel man, very strongly. The man is so uh, theatrical in and sincere in his uh, like silly kind of like it's like. I don't know, it seems like halfway between like a pop singer and a crooner. And mm-hmm. I don't know. The guy's just, uh, yeah. He's like, if there was an, an option between AM and FM. Yeah. Uh, that's perfect. That's a perfect that's a way to describe perfect it. way to put it for everyone listening over 50. <laughs> right. I, I think if, I mean, uh, you know, he's not performing now. I think he's very sick, but, uh, you know, in his prime, if you went to go see a Neil concert, yeah, I, you would probably leave being like, "Pretty fucking good, man." <laughs> the guy puts on a show, you know. I heard he was a pedophile. Is this true? Oh well, now you say that after I've, you know. I let you dig your own grave. Yeah, yeah. Is he a pedophile? No. Um, it's just what I've heard. I don't know how true it is. How true? I don't know. It's hard to believe anybody is pedophile, right? What a grotesque thing to do. stupid thing to say you know what i agree dan i think that's pretty gross of anybody to do (laughs) i don't think i'm not down with it all right well uh, the song is called holly holy by the way nice which does sound like the name of the song a pedophile would write but moving on (laughs) Sure, sure. Yeah, sure. I do think I think I I do have like an attachment to Cracklin' Rosie as like one of the first songs I thought was like very funny because it was because of how stupid it was. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like those in early like I identify that as like a bad song in a funny way. Right. Yeah, that's I mean that's fine. Um are you a, are you a Ro- Cracklin' Rosie head? Are you a crackhead? <laughs> yeah, I'm a crackhead. As as you call yourselves on the on the message boards. <laughs> I mean, I'm I'm a, I'm a really I'm a big fan of Saving Silverman. 
which that's all well about. sure i love saving silverman <laughs> it's so stupid not, and i but, love it hey man i'm not going to confuse my love of diamonds in the rough the neil diamond cover band <laughs> cover, started right. by three best friends you know what sort of spiritually i think diamonds in the rough and king me are the same thing oh yeah yeah where it's just like <laughs> some just friends hanging that. in it for the love of the game <laughs> that's it you know you know oh man saving right? silverman like, uh, pre it was a pre 911 world when that came out yeah that that tracks yeah a comedy about about kidnapping a lady <laughs> <laughs> but it works it, but it works it works because they're bad at kidnapping her and right. she's good at escaping right and it's she's much smarter than them it, it's yeah it's like it's like bugs bunny daffy duck type shit exactly that type of dynamic <laughs> If Bugs Bunny was always dressed like Amanda Peet. Right. Sexy lady. <laughs> Sexy lady. Uh, yeah. That right. thing with the Arby's sauce. <laughs> it's very funny. It's very funny. Very funny. Okay. Yeah. So we're not we're not even talking about Saving Silverman. No. We're talking no, about no. Glenn Turman as Judge Reigns. Yep. Um, so let's and, set this. And then we, we, we have all of our, our mainstays. We got oh, our, sure. our Brendan Gleason's. Are uh, Justine uh, Lupe Loop? I don't know. Yeah, well, in this season they revealed that her full name is uh, Justine Little Justine <laughs> Lupe Lou. Lou. <laughs> right. <laughs> uh, but yeah, it's Bill Hodges. Right. It's his neighbor Ida. It's right. It's, it's his young it's Jerome. It's, it's his young wards Jerome and Holly. Right. Lou Linklater is in prison for mm-hmm. shooting Brady Hartsfield in the head in the courtroom with a 3D printed gun she made because she is a computer whiz. That's right. Um do and th- this do you think you know how like um uh like when Lawnmower Man uh like came out in the early 90s and like nobody knew how the internet worked, right? Mhm. I mean, we have a pretty decent idea of like 3D printing or whatever, but do you think we'll ever be at a time again where we're like a technology, like it will be so big that movies will like take huge swings and misses <laughs> like that, you know? No, I don't know. I mean, like, not maybe. I mean, like, I feel like I just, this I isn't totally so. one. I mean, sure. Right. This isn't totally one for one one for one but like what like the way social media was portrayed in movies for the first like mm. 10 years of it really existing that, is like a mainstream thing um i feel like that's but that's so much more boring like with the vr shit it was sort of like they were just like unlimited potential soon we'll all live in vr <laughs> right and then like right in the early 90s everybody was like we're gonna live in vr and then like I don't know, a couple of years ago with Ready Player One, Spielberg was like, no, we are going to live in VR. <laughs> I, <laughs> I know. Hey, have you guys heard about this VR thing? Yeah. Um, have you, so, um, have have you tried VR? that? Yeah. No, I was going to say, have you tried the Golden Girls VR simulator? Is that, that can't be a real thing. Is that a real thing, Dan? Yes, it's called VRther. Oh my God, you son of a bitch. <laughs> <laughs> Whoa! Moving on. All right, fine. Sorry. That would be fun, though. You could hang out with the girls. 
If you could sure. be a fifth golden girl. Oh my god. Named if, like Annie. Is what one a named f- Annie? What a fucking dream that would be. <laughs> if I could if I could put on a VR headset and just like be Look in. down at your hands and just see <laughs> spider vein, you know, those splotches or whatever. <laughs> yeah. And just be like in episodes, like just as like the fifth golden girl, like just on the side, like a quiet, you know, character. I don't yeah. know. <laughs> but I just watch all the episodes from within. Oh my god. That's that's the fucking VR world that I would want to live in. <laughs> just a bunch of just a bunch of broads being sassy to each other. It's great. You're You've seen Minority Report, right? Yeah. You remember when he goes to like the VR, <laughs> yes. like red light district? <laughs> yep. And it's just like everyone living out their VR fantasies. Right. They're like fucking, you know, like beautiful. There's like a guy getting like... fucked as a woman or something. Yeah. <laughs> yeah and yeah, then they what... just pan over to you. <laughs> it's just like you in like a big, like a frock with a pearl necklace on <laughs> gigantic glasses. Yeah. I'm drinking like I'm drinking. I have like a fake, like a VR cup of tea that I'm sipping. Yeah. And you're just like, Oh, Rose, <laughs> stop. Oh, uh, <laughs> Blanche, you slut. <laughs> uh, so, no, that is a, a dream devoutly to be wished. And that's sad. <laughs> but, so, we're, but we're not we're not talking. This isn't. I don't know. How could we, how guys. could you talk about we're yeah? We're, this <laughs> you is, talk about that <laughs> at a time when not only is Luke Lou Linklater in prison for serving justice to right. Brady Hartsfeld, the Mercedes killer. Uh huh. But at the same time. Uh, 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 Ohio's favorite author John Rothstein has been murdered in cold blood in his bed. That's in his right. Home. Shot in what's his the name head. Of, what's the name what? of the town this is set in again? No, oh. I've no something problem. Ohio. Yeah, it's uh, it's Ohio. It's Mercedes, Ohio. <laughs> they renamed do it after the fucking <laughs> after yeah. Right, like how most cities are named after the founders right. or, a, or an or. exceptional serial killer. <laughs> right. Um, so, yes, uh, there's a break-in at John Rothstein's house. And uh, two guys, they break in. We get, like, a little scene of them before they break into the house where they're, like, one guy's, like, I don't think we should do this, man. I don't really feel good about it. And he's, like, shut the fuck up. He's got a bunch of money. He hates banks. And he probably has, like, some, you know, uh, manuscripts and notebooks and stuff like that Mm -hmm. we could sell. So they go in and everything goes sideways. And John Rothstein ends up shot in the head after, like, really fucking, like, taunting and, like, fucking with the the burglars right like yeah he's like fuck you just shoot me like that would be yeah. a fitting end to my my legacy like uh, you know i'm just an old man like i'm just gonna fucking die here like yeah just fucking shoot me and the guy doesn't want to do it he's like he's he's like sort of uh he, he's a fan the the one burglar guy he's like right, he's a big fan uh, morris. morris is that his name yeah morris bellamy um and he, so he's a big fan. He's like, and they're they're talking and whatever, and uh, you know what the the other 
burglar is like getting the money and the notebooks and blah 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 and whatever. And then Rothstein like sneakily grab, grabs a gun and shoots the one guy. Um, and then Morris shoots Rothstein like at, basically out of instinct. Um, mm-hmm. And he takes the money and the, the notebooks and stuff. He tries to make it look like it was just the two of them. Um, like he wasn't there. And uh, and then he leaves. As he's driving away, um, he gets into a car accident where his – it looks like <laughs> – like he's on the road and then uh you know he swerves i think he's like trying to not hit a deer or something and then uh his car ends up rolling it it seems so, like it rolls like a like, half mile into the woods yeah, yeah it's really <laughs> far yeah <laughs> uh, i don't know i don't know what the physics of that would be <laughs> would cause right. that due to um, yeah you would think um the trees would slow the car down or <laughs> right, get ground. knocked over <laughs> a bunch of things. Right. Um, mm-hmm. but he's like, <laughs> he, he gets out of the car. He's like, he, his arm is fucked up. His leg is fucked up. Um, he tries to get the, the bag with the money and the notebooks out of the car. And he like, he only has one good arm and one leg and he can't reach it. And he can't like climb into the car cause he's too messed up. So he does a, he grabs like a branch and he just like, (laughs) yeah, just covers something. (laughs) Um, and then he, he goes and, and a guy picks him up on the side of the road and he says, uh, Morris says that he was hit by a car and then he, you know, this good Samaritan takes him to the hospital. Um, yeah. And, and so that's, so now, now we have a new mystery. There's no Mr. Mercedes here, right? This is just, this is unrelated. Which I I liked that we were going in a different direction. Yeah. Well, okay. So it's sort of unrelated. It's well because like this season's all about more related as it goes. Right. Yeah. It's sort of this season's all about legacies. Yeah. But even kind of from the beginning, we get like a tangential connection because Morris and his buddy, whose name doesn't matter because he's dead. Right. It's revealed like very early on that they were both at the job fair. Where right. Brady did the Mercedes right. attack, even like the friend Morris's friend who ends up getting killed when he's like, when he's saying that he doesn't have a good feeling about it, he's like, I don't know, man. God like saved us in that like job fair, and I don't think his purpose for saving us was to break into John Rothstein's house and steal his shit. Right, and, and Morris is like, and well, I think it might be. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> counterpoint. Yeah, I do think so. Yeah, it's something like God put us there and he's forsaken us ever since kind of thing. So it's, it's like, yeah. how much does he really care? Right. So he's got a point. Yeah. Um, so uh, so we have that going on. And then, I don't know, the Lou. So here's my main problem with this whole. Uh, I'm almost done watching the season. I'm not going to get into like the, the second half of it, but. I really think they just drag things out way too long. Like mm, they kind of like taking two episodes to talk about <laughs> the whole season. <laughs> yeah, that's right, Dan. Whatever. I'm in a bad mood. <laughs> you are in a you got a real rude dude right now. I'm a saucy sort of You you got a sleeveless cowboy. hoodie on right now. You look like a tough guy. Hold on. Oh, shit. See if I can 
He's gonna I, squeeze I his I'm trying to get hoodie it around over my... the headphones. Yeah. <laughs> oh, see, <laughs> now, well, now he doesn't look like a rude dude guy. <laughs> he looks like a. I look a bit like a. I have like a predator shaped. Yeah, it's like a head. Yeah, like kind of like a cobra. Um, yeah. Oh yeah. yeah. Or like a. Oh, if it was maybe a little bit bigger, you'd look like one of those aliens from Mars Attacks. <laughs> yeah. Oh, my God. I wish I had a gun that I could skeletonize myself with. Okay, I'm out. <laughs> I'm out of the hood. I got a good attitude now. All right. Great. But yes. Okay. So you're saying things get dragged out too much. I fully agree. I feel like the first five times we talked to Lou about the case... We're just kind of like going in circles. It's a also it's like a the, lot of retreading. Yeah, with Lou. Yeah. Um. I mean, I've heard of Harry Treadaway, the actor who played Brady Hartsfeld, but uh, no hurry, retreadaway. <laughs> whatever. <laughs> um, yeah, whatever. Yeah. It's like because it's not even just that. Like we're talking to you know. It's like it's conversations with Lou and her lawyer. Uh, what's his name? Roland Finkelstein. By, Roland Finkelstein played by Brett Gelman. Right. Which um, I I really I cannot stand Brett Gelman. I think <laughs> most of the time in he's kind of insufferable in most things. I did not hate him in this uh in the show because I think he is much more like restrained and yeah. not, not going for the usual like kind of Brett Gelman uh comedy shit. Yeah. Although I gotta say, I like Eagleheart a lot. You like Eagleheart? Yeah. I, well, yeah. I mean, uh, you don't. It's uh, okay. It's okay if you don't like Eagleheart. It's okay. I mean, it's I'm there. Fine. F- I'm there for Chris Elliott. I, I love Chris Elliott. Listen, I love Chris Elliott. Chris Elliott is a fucking. I mean, after making Cabin Boy. I don't care what he does for the rest of his life. <laughs> you know who else said that? Casting agents. <laughs> um, yeah, not whatever. Not a Gelman guy. Um, the arcs in in these the the characters, right? So like, it it's it almost feels like this season. I mean, it does. It feels like this season did not need to happen because like. You have Bill Hodges now, who is in like he's he's basically hospice. Com- <laughs> no, he's not in hospice. He's not in hospice, but he's com- he's basically completed his like character arc, right? Right, like yeah. he's gone from like you know curmudgeon like uh, you know cop who's like just drinking himself to death basically, um, to like a man who's now surrounded himself with like people that he loves and they love him and shit. Um, you know, he's got this like surrogate family, classic King kind of shit, mm-hmm. um, in, you know, Jerome and Holly. Um, and even like, even Lou to a lesser extent, he feels like, uh, responsible and like, he does care about her and wants yeah. her, you know, she's in jail for shooting Brady in the head, which, you know, they point out, uh, in court at one point that like Hodges tried to do that, 
you know, he tried to kill Brady twice. Right. And, yeah. and he, you know, well, they the also, minute, he just stopped. <laughs> they also point out that Hodges and Montez kind of like set her up for fail. Like Hodges mentions yes. that in a private conversation with Montez, right. who to refresh our audience is the assistant district attorney right. of Bridgeton, Ohio. Is oh, all right. Great. Um, <laughs> so yeah, they're like, he definitely feels like, he feels a little responsible. Um, invested for, yeah. and yeah, a little bit guilty, maybe. Um you were saying. No, um so I just that Bill had like sort of completed his arc. Um I can't not like Holly has like um yeah, you know, her arc isn't necessarily completed, but she has come like a really long way. Yeah. Right. So like I don't as much as I like I do like these characters. I like, you know, seeing them interact with each other. I honestly I think Brendan Gleason is just the fucking best. The more yeah. shit that I watch with Brendan Gleason, I'm just like, give me give me everything, man. Mm-hmm. Give me everything you got. Mm-hmm. I'm in. I haven't seen that uh Banshees of uh Inishirin Inishirin. yeah yet, but uh it's it, I'm I maybe I'll watch that this weekend. I'm dying to see that thing. Yeah. It's yeah. Um, I have it on uh, on the Plex if you uh, if you want to watch it. Um, we do it. I mean, we do a bonus episode about the Banshees of Inisherin. You know, what? I, I I mean, I would totally be down to do that. I also I was kind of uh, sit with Brendan Gleeson at least. Uh, I was like, I was kind of thinking we should do Paddington Two since he's in that <laughs> as well. I'd do a Gleeson run. Hands, have have you seen Paddington or Paddington Two? I have seen much of Paddington Two. I think. <laughs> Did you see when he's in jail with Brendan Gleeson? Yeah. Yeah, I did. It's the best. <laughs> I did. And he teaches him a lot about... Making marmalade. Mar- making marmalade. That's correct. Uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Valuable life lesson of how to make marmalade. Yeah. Just that, I mean, Paddington, he's such a good bear. And he <laughs> he looks at Brendan Gleeson's gigantic hands, balled up into a fist, and all he sees is two good orange squeezers. Mm. <laughs> He's the best in everybody. That's right. Um, yeah, maybe we do like a double feature of Banshees of Inishir and, and Paddington too. <laughs> I mean, I'm, I'm, I would like that. <laughs> like, <laughs> um, anyway, yeah. Who so who else? I mean, what? Like, uh, yeah. Jerome is now like basically working for Hodges in his like he's. There's no indication that he's going to go back to Harvard at any point. Um, mm-hmm. I don't th- I, I don't think we see his father in this at all. Like the other thing too is like the the actor playing Jerome looks much older than, you know, somebody who would be yeah. in in college. Like at this point, now he's got like he looks like a fucking man. He looks like a guy yeah. who's in his mid 20s or late 20s. Should or be going for his masters probably. He, totally, point. totally. Yeah. Um so yeah, um, it's a shame we don't see his his father because that guy stole season two. Oh yeah, with that that right? one scene with the that the one groceries. like monologue he gets. Yeah, yeah, man, that was fucking. That's good. That stuff. was heavy. But he's not here, so <laughs> that's right. He's not. <laughs> Moving on. Yeah. So I don't know. Like the the we're sort of set up with like right. We have those two parallel storylines, and they are like. I don't know, Brady and what's his name? Rothstein. They're both supposed to be kind of parallel figures. I guess. Yeah. 
where they're both like geniuses of notoriety. Right. Um, who are shot in the head. (laughs) (laughs) Who get, get, but I mean, headshot. It's, it's kind of strained. Right. But, um, in both cases, everyone's just like talking about the sort of like how they live on after they're dead. Right. And that is also, you know, the death of Rothstein sort of like affects everyone in the town in a way that's very annoying. And for Bill Hodges, it's sort of like it forces him to think about his own legacy and his um, he sort of like spirals because he realizes he doesn't have one. Right. Like, yeah. Right. I mean, it, Bill, like people know him as the guy who caught the Mr. Mercedes killer. That's yeah. that's what they know him as. Yeah. Um, so uh, we have Morris who uh, he leaves the hospital. Right. And he he goes home to his girlfriend. Uh, I want to say her name is Danielle. That feels right. I'm pretty sure that's right. Right. Yeah, that's her. Um, and you know, he's, he's lying like the whole time and just like, um, yeah, she's like, what happened to you? And he's like, I, you know, just making up whatever. Um, they have this very, like, you know, he sort of like comes and goes as he pleases. And she, she seems much more like, uh, responsible. And she has like a job. Yeah, she she has a job. (laughs) He does not so much. Right. Um, so yeah. Um, we also uh, we find out that Morris is, ha- also has a relationship going with uh, Kate Mulgrew's character um, uh, Alma, Alma Lane. Yeah, she. So, I mean, the the actor playing Morris is probably mid thirties or so, and Alma is mid sixties, and we come we find out. Uh, that when Morris was 13, um, you know, she, uh, she statutory raped him. Um, yeah. And, and they have maintained some sort of relationship this whole time. And he still like, still keeps in contact with her and still fucks her. Right. Mm-hmm. Like she, <laughs> the way she like, she plays like, I don't know her character is like wild to me. <laughs> like she, yeah. she's like this, like, like kind of, uh, like sassy, big broad, you know, <laughs> like she's a broad to me. Um, yes, she's, she's brassy. She's brassy. Say. That's, that's, pro- that's the right word. Why Kate Mulgrew herself described the character as gleefully psychopathic. She, yeah, she is, Definitely yeah. gleefully psychopathic. She's she's very sort of vain. Like she's like I don't know. At one point she says like something to the effect of I'm not as fat as you think or something. No, no, well, yeah. So <laughs> Or right, I'm uh, I'm younger well, than I look, I forget. Yeah, yeah. I'm I'm not as old Wasn't as I it? look and I'm not as fat as I look. Yeah. <laughs> Which is a funny thing to say. Yeah. Um or yeah, or is it some it's something like that, but what ends up happening is like uh, Danielle uh, Morris's girlfriend. Uh, she suspects that he is lying to her, and that like you know she doesn't know where he keeps going off to, and she thinks that he's cheating on her. Yes. And one day, um, and Morris 
uh, he like he talks to Alma and tells her what's actually going on. He says Leon. Alma Alma like figures it out pretty immediately. pretty quick. Yeah, because he's not a criminal. Like he's not. No, he's very bad at this. Yeah, he's like I I think I may have said this on Mike, but he reminds me of like a Coen Brothers character yeah, this, in that way. Dude, I feel like this whole season is just like uh it's very Coen Brothers esque. All know, the all the stuff with him very much so, yeah. Right. Him it, it's there's a lot I don't know. I keep thinking of like Fargo. Every time like something a new thing happens with Morris and Alma, I'm like, this mm-hmm. feels like a Fargo thing. Yeah, totally. Um, so um right. So Morris, you know, tells Alma that he accidentally shot uh, Rothstein and that, and he tells her about the money and the manuscripts. And after Morris goes back to the car and it's gone. And what ended up happening was a kid was walking through the woods with his dog, found the car, his dog bo- boogers, boogers, which mm-hmm. I, I appreciate because I, when I was a kid, I also had a dog named booger. Did uh, you? Yeah. No uh, shit. Yeah. And then, and like, the kid finds the bag of money and the manuscripts and stuff and takes it back to his house. Um, his parents, like his dad is like, his dad was also at the job fair that, you know, the Mr. Mercedes job fair. And he got hit by the car and his, like he, he walks with a cane now mm-hmm. and he's been out of work. So they're like, they need money basically. And the kid is trying to help he like stumbles on this money and then he starts sending money anonymously to the house. Um, you know, from like, it's like, uh, you know, with notes saying like, you know, something about like Mr. Mercedes victim fund or whatever. Yeah. Um, uh, but also not before he buys himself a, a really sick pair of high tops. Right. He gets like some, some sweet air Jordans. Yeah. Um, uh, so, right. So, uh, Morris goes back to the car, sees that the bag is gone. And now, now we have like, now like things are, are now we have like tension here. Now we got the kid who has the money, Morris and Alma who want the money and the manuscripts. Um, right. And- because also I think it's worth noting that Alma had like an affair with Rothstein and is as much obsessed with the manuscripts right. for like, the value of their content, right? Yes. As much as like their monetary value. Yeah. At a certain point, it becomes less about the money and more about the manuscripts for both of them. Mm-hmm. Um, Morris yeah. is like a huge Rothstein fan and really just wants to read the manuscripts. And Alma did have a relationship with Rothstein, which it also seems like Rothstein had a relationship with every woman in town. Right. We find out in one episode that he slept with Ida. Right. Um, <laughs> he also, it seems like he took uh, a lot of like pictures of all of these women. Um, there's a lot of them like artsy kind of black and white, you know, uh, like sexy pictures of, of most of these women. Yeah. Um, he also met Hodges and told him to like fuck himself or something. Yeah, I mean, like, so, I, so, who do you think Rothstein is like based on? Because I was wondering seem like that. it yeah. does not. It's not Stephen King. Um, no, I mean the recluse thing. Like, I thought of Thomas Pynchon, but sure. the the books themselves have nothing to do with yeah. Thomas Pynchon. Yeah, it doesn't. 
I keep trying to get a read on the books themselves, like what they're about, or you know, like what the main characters' like traits it's are. And very it's, unclear. Yeah, it's very unclear. I thought it was like it almost felt like a maybe a catcher in the rye kind of thing, where like you know, yeah. lonely young men uh, like really attach themselves to like this book and author. That's um, also like J.D. Salinger was like a, was famously a recluse, right? Right. It, it, yeah. Yeah. So that makes sense. But the character is like, yeah, it, yeah, it's, I don't know. It's not, what's the character's name? Like Johnny Gold or something? Yeah, Eddie Gold? Jimmy Gold, Jimmy Gold I think. Jimmy yeah, Gold. Yeah. yeah. It's not really clear what his deal is, except that he's like a bastard and a surrogate for Rothstein. Right. They're just uh, like coming of age stories, I guess. So. Yeah. I mean, right. He seems like sort of a, um, you know, like a son of a bitch, a scoundrel of sorts. Mm. Um, a charming rogue. Yeah. Which is like uh, Morris, um, you know, when when he's trying to get the manuscripts and stuff, he's he is like at a certain point, he does get nervous about like uh, reading it. And, and, you know, what if <laughs> I think it's in one of the later episodes, but it says like, what if what if he turned Jimmy into like, you know, uh, what if he turned him gay or you know, into an accountant or uh Yo, you know, what if, he, fellas, what if he turned him into a Democrat? <laughs> fellas, is it gay if you read a book about a gay guy? Like, does that make you gay? <laughs> well, the thing is, if you identify with the character so much, you know, <laughs> like this guy Morris, it seems like, uh, you know, he took this book extremely personally. Yes. And well, yeah. And we find out in a flashback, too, that like. Um, cause you know, Ida, when she, she's like a teacher in the school district or whatever, right. find she's out still Morris, a teacher, right. Yeah. We find out Morris was her student all those years ago. Right. And a slightly younger Ida <laughs> is, uh, <laughs> you know, they just like, they smooth yeah, they, like, her out throw a little a wig around. <laughs> yeah. A wig they put the, clo- you know, they pull the skin back and clothes pin it behind right. her neck or whatever. <laughs> um, and she's just like, she's like. She says something like, I'm going to get in. She's like, I might get in trouble for giving you this. And I hope I do. Yeah. yeah. But uh, you should read this, this, uh, this John Rothstein book, Jimmy Gold. He's the son of a bitch, just like you, basically. Right. Right. Something like that. Right. So, you know, and like, it's sort of set up that like, you know, we get some other flashbacks of Morris. Like he's clearly like a smart kid or whatever. Yeah. Um, Just troubled. Troubled. Just troubled. Exactly. Um, so, uh, and it actually, and it turns out too, that the kid who, um, what's his, is his name? Peter, uh, that gets, I the, think so. Uh, yeah. Right. Yeah. It's Peter. Um, Peter, the kid who stumbled onto the, the car wreck and got the money and the manuscripts and stuff. He's also in Ida's English class. And, um, he, after reading some of Rothstein's stuff, I don't know if he, um, uh, I don't think he like plagiarized his his the work or whatever, but he does write a paper um, yeah. for Ida, and Ida is like extremely surprised because like he's never written anything this good before. Yeah. Um, so, uh, real quick, speaking yeah. of Peter, he's a king alone twice over. What? That's right. He was in as a as a young boy. He was in 
an episode of Nightmares and Dreamscapes. What? He was in The End of the Whole Mess. And he played Drew on Nosferatu. Drew? Probably one of the preppy kids. Hmm. Oh, was it? That wasn't the kid that. Uh, Not the main kid, right? Is that the main kid? I think it was the main kid. I... The one, the one that uh, the girl uh, starts like you know going out with. Oh slightly. my god, that is him! Yeah, yeah. <laughs> totally forgot because I was looking at him. I was like, this guy looks really familiar, but yeah, huh. I didn't recognize him without like his Vampire Weekend costume on. <laughs> Uh, he does look like he's in Vampire Weekend. Yeah, they, pre- they prepped him up, prepped yeah. him up good. Um, yeah. So, uh, all right, so, uh, but the like, I don't know the way that all of this is like interconnected and whatever. I'm like, I don't know it, it all seems like a very small town, <laughs> and like, yeah, especially like. Uh, the more that we learn about all of these people and like their backgrounds and all of, you know, where they were and and when and all this shit, Mm -hmm. you're like, Jesus Christ, is there like, how many people live in this town? Like five, like, like, you know, like everybody's interesting too, though, that like connected. Yeah. It, well, it is kind of interesting that like the people who sort of like, move the needle or change the trajectory of people's lives in the town are also just like basically outsiders. Sure. Yeah. Right. Like Rothstein, he's like living on the fringes or whatever. And then Brady lives in a basement. Yeah. I mean like, right. Even like, even fucking Hodges, you know, he's, he's an outsider too, you know, like he was part of the police force, but for after he retired, he was just sort Mm -hmm. of, he was a similar sort of recluse, you know, yeah. Uh, same thing with Lou. Lou is definitely uh, uh, an outsider in this town. Yeah. Yeah. Um. So um, we get. So speaking of Lou, um, we get uh, even. So the judge, uh, he knows that this case is sort of like, this is sort of a fucked up case, right? Because if we're going by the rules of the law, she killed a person and she should be punished for it right sure but she ki- she did kill the mr mercedes killer and who who among us wouldn't you know want him dead um and you know court of public opinion says to you know let her go she's she did the right thing um but you know that's that's basically like the judge is like I'm, you know, he, he wants the, the two attorneys to come to some sort of a, a plea deal. And so he doesn't basically, so it doesn't go to trial. And so he does not have to do anything right. really. Right. <laughs> he doesn't want to be the judge that like, you know, uh, yeah, decides it, one way. Right. There's like no, decide, right. There's no right answer. Nothing here. to be gained politically from being the it, judge in this case. Right. Um, and the attorneys can't come to any sort of deal. Um, and one, the judge says, uh, orders Lou to go into a, uh, like a psychiatric ward just to be observed. And, um, you know, just to, just to make sure that she is, 
uh, like sane. Yeah, basically like competent to, to stand trial or whatever. Right, they say. exactly. Um, so which uh, we're not sure if she is because she keeps seeing and talking to Brady. Brady always from the back or the neck down. That's right, notably. And eventually they do away with the body double altogether and just have a little ice cream truck rolling around, which I, I like a lot more, frankly. Yeah, than actually having Brady there. Having a yeah, well, or like having a double of Brady. Yeah, even then having a double of Brady. I mean, I am right. glad it's not Harry Treadaway because I found that character annoying the entire time. Uh, oh, definitely. So glad he's not there. It, it, but it also is like very distracting when you're not seeing Brady's face and you're and he's supposed to be there. Right, and also, like, Lou keeps saying, like, oh, Brady told me this and that, and he thinks this and whatever, and we don't actually see, obviously, because Brady's, the actor playing Brady is not there, Mm -hmm. so we don't see Brady ever actually say anything to her, Um, but, you know, she, she, he is talking to her, like. See, this is where you can tell that the money is starting to dry up over the audience network or whatever it's called. (laughs) The audience network. Isn't that what it's called? It, it, you're, yeah, it's yeah, AT&T's uh, streaming service, the yeah. audience network. They're like they couldn't even they couldn't even pay for Harry Treadaway to come yeah. back. The, the TV show channel. <laughs> um, <laughs> right, right. So, um, and and Lou, uh, you know, she has this like you know dark sense of humor, right? Um, she. It, it is like, it is it is unclear whether or not she is like, uh, sane or not. You know, with the whole Brady thing, she keeps. Every time she brings Brady up, basically everybody's like, "Well, well, why don't you stop saying that?" Because <laughs> <laughs> that doesn't right. Look good. Her whole thing is like, she has some like rules that she's kind of set for herself for how this has to go. Right. She won't plead insanity. Right, and she doesn't she, want to do any time in jail. <laughs> Which, like, hey, get in line, sister. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, um, so, right, so every plea deal where they're like, you know, uh, what if we give you seven years and whatever? And she's like, no, I'm not doing seven years. Yeah. Um, and also with, like, the insanity plea, uh, she would probably have to spend the rest of her life in a mental institution, so she's, she doesn't want to do that. So Understandable. Right. You know? um, so she she does, like... I, I I think it's uh, I think they say that she takes Brady's advice or whatever and like comes up with like the legal strategy that she wants to do, mm. um, which is basically like she wants to like uh, go to trial. She doesn't want to take any of these deals. She wants to go to trial with it, um, which you know uh, puts everybody uh, in this like. Uh, the court, at least, and the the attorneys and whatever, in this position where they're like, okay, um, well now we have to figure this all out. And the judge <laughs> do, the judge is pissed about that. Judge but is like super pissed. Yes, right. Which is not a great start to your court case when you've angered the judge. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, he does mention that he um, takes he his let, job very seriously, and once he puts that robe on, he's going to be fair to everybody. Yep, he said. Yeah, he says that he will let his conscience be his guide. Yes. Um, um, do you remember his mug that he had? Oh no! Was, I, 
it said like it was very funny it's it said two different things on each side of the mug but i think it it Uh said here comes the judge on it (laughs) 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 which i i just i i absolutely loved it yeah i can't i wish i could remember what the other side said i'm gonna have to go back and watch it but that's really funny king me merch idea here comes we sell them we sell replicas of the mug from season three episode two of mr mercedes yeah because honestly who the fuck is gonna sue us the audience network (laughs) the the now defunct audience network by all means i welcome i welcome it yeah we get a cease and desist from like a guy (laughs) just like guy going hey the letter just says hey Um, so Yes. Yeah. Um, no one wants this trial to happen, and yet it is happening. It is fully, yeah, it's in full swing. And it's and like, I don't know, it, they, in these five episodes, they really drag out the fact that, like, the kid has the notebooks and the money. Um, and the other thing is that the parents are like, where are you getting this money from? Like, what is happening? And he is, like, not telling them anything. He's being like, it, it, I don't know, like, he doesn't want to give up any information yeah. right so he's he like just being like uh, you know he's being like a teenage kid right he also is um what was i gonna say becoming like more reclusive within his own home because he can't stop reading those goddamn rothstein manuscripts that's right uh yeah and then tells his dad he checked out a primary source from the library what a terrible lie they don't <laughs> let you check out primary sources they keep them there. It's an archive. Were you stupid? That's right. Dumb kid. Um, stupid fucking kid. I fucking um, hate that kid and his bad library lies. Peter? Peter's yeah. lies? Yeah, I know. Um, Peter's so, book lies. <laughs> um, That's what they should have called this show. <laughs> Peter's lies. Um, so what? Oh, so. Uh, another big thing that happens. Uh, so, uh, wait, Danielle, what was the first big thing that happened? I mean, all of these things are. I mean, the murder of John Rothstein. That's a big. I, I plot guess point. we are told we are made to believe it's a big deal. Yeah, I mean, like Bruce, it wasn't set up in season one or anything. Like Bruce Stern wasn't walking around in the back telling people to fuck themselves or yeah. anything, <laughs> <laughs> which would have been uh, great. But yeah, uh, <laughs> so he. Uh, uh, the, the guy Morris or whatever, right? He, his girlfriend suspects that he's cheating on him or cheating on her. And she follows him to Alma's and Alma, you know, pulls her like a brassy kind of thing where she's like, um, you know, I can't really think unless I've, you know, come very recently. <laughs> so, mm-hmm. um, so he's, he's like, he's fucking her. And uh, Danielle walks into the house and sees it. And she, you know, she's like, what the fuck, man? Yeah, yeah. she just kind of does a, uh, you know, that she does like a Grandpa Simpson where he like walks in, puts his hat on the rack, then like turns around and walks right back out. I love that. Yeah. Um, yeah. And that's that's when Alma's like, I'm not as ugly as I look and I'm not as fat as I look. Yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, so... Uh, you know, Morris like tells Danielle like, no, this is, you know, confides in her and says like, you know, this, this woman, 
uh, you know, I had sex with this woman when I was 13 years old and, you know, uh, whatever. And she's like confused by it. And like, what, what is happening with you? And like, what is going on here? Yes. And one day Alma comes home and Danielle is sitting at her kitchen table and they have a conversation and almost like, listen, you are beautiful. You don't belong in this town. You should just, you should leave. You should leave Morris and you should go have a good life. And Danielle, um, yeah, she's understandably very angry. And so she looks, Morris and uh, Alma, they have this like whole plan of like how they're going to triangulate who may have stolen the, the yeah, bag full of they money. Have a, they have a big evidence board on, going on, on her living <laughs> right. room wall. Right. You know, when, when people walk in and they see it, they're like, oh, you guys are up to no good. <laughs> um, and Danielle sees it and she's like, oh, well, this is fucking interesting. Isn't this exactly where like, you know, uh, but, you know, Morris got picked up uh, from the accident, blah, 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 whatever. And then uh, she's like, I'm just going to take a picture of this. And then Alma just grabs like a hatchet that has to be, that happens to be laying around and just fucking buries it yeah. in Danielle's head. Again, feels like such a Fargo. Exactly. Yes. Right. It's like the ball peen hammer. It's exactly like the ball peen hammer. <laughs> um, and then, you know, she, she, she throws Danielle in the freezer. Then she, uh, she cuts her up um, while listening to Liza Minnelli. That's another big like thing that oh, keeps right, happening. Yeah. Is that like anytime Alma is up to like something like really horrendous, she's listening to like um, divas. Like, yeah, like she, a lot of Liza, a lot of stuff like that. You know, um, on like full blast, and she's like singing along to it. It's very psychotic. Um, and then, so, and then before this happens, right? It's demented, Rob. It's fucking demented. It's, it's real. It's twisted. She's, she's like a. She she and Jared Leto should. Uh, she's should a, work on something together. She's a sick twist, you know. <laughs> <laughs> you uh, were saying. Yeah. Um. And uh, uh, so, and Morris, so in trying to find out who took the money, like the first person that he goes to thinking that uh, they took it is the guy, the good Samaritan that picked him up on the side of the road and brought him to the hospital, goes to this guy's like auto body shop. And, you know, at first he's like very friendly. He's like thanking him and stuff. He goes in the guy's house and whatever. And, and at a certain point it turns and Morris is like, where, you know, where's the money? And the guy's like, I don't know what the fuck you're talking about, man. You should leave. And, you know, and then Morris again accidentally kills this guy. So at this point, Morris has accidentally killed two people. <laughs> Alma has intentionally killed one. Mm -hmm. um, the bodies are piling wow. up here. Yeah. As if, as if Alma didn't already have a bit of a body count going. <laughs> right. <laughs> Very good. Thank you. Thank you. <coughs> Excuse me. Um, so, and the police, like they find that guy, uh, right. Cause Morris takes that guy, puts him in the car in the woods. The yeah, police like eventually, <laughs> the police eventually find it be, right. Because boogers finds him or does the kid just run away at that point? It doesn't, he doesn't report it. Right. No, Cause the kid doesn't, no, they might know about right. the money. Exactly. They just, uh, I guess that guy goes missing and then they're just like looking for him. Kind of right. Thing. So right, they find his dead body in the car with the, the gunshot wound. 
Um, and also <laughs> the um, Morris is drilled into his head to recover the bullet. Right. I forgot. Pretty gnarly, that. pretty gnarly stuff. Yeah. I mean, like that's a, like Morris, you know, he, I don't know. His character is so he's like a psychopath, but he's also like a dummy as well. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Uh, like he keeps doing these like, uh, like he's stumbled into I don't all think of it, this that's shit. what I was gonna say I don't think he's like a psychopath I think he's just like uh well I, I'm only, I'm saying psychopath because like drilling into somebody's head to like get the bolt that's like that's pretty fucking that's pretty I heavy. mean <laughs> it's it's heavy but it's also just like it seems like a survival thing right he's like if yeah. I leave this bullet here I'm going to they're gonna connect this to raw scene I'm fucked right um so I that to me is kind of what happened there but also like um i think probably like the best sort of moment in these first five episodes happens um in the morgue right with the Mm -hmm. coroner and the ada montez and hodges who just sort of gets like invited to things as like a guest of honor so Uh he gets brought in he's like sort of like consulting on all this shit right and um, Montez like brings him into the morgue. He's like, you know, Rothstein's still here. And Bill's yeah, sort do you want to like, see him? He's like, Jesus <laughs> fucking Christ. But he's like, all right, show me him. And they, there is that moment. Like it's like Rothstein with a cleaned up bullet hole in his head, right. laying on the slab. And it just like cuts between him and, and, uh, Brendan Gleason. Mm-hmm. I found that. I like that a lot. There's like, no. So There's the I, yeah. inherent tension of just like looking at a dead body and like being like, is right. something going to happen? <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> but right. nothing happens. And that's sort of like, you know, that's got right, its own that, effect. Yes. Yeah. Uh, I thought that was very stirring. That whole yeah. thing. You know, to, um, we didn't really talk about this, but when uh, Montez goes, when he tells Brandon Gleason that Rothstein has been shot and killed, it really affects uh, Gleason's character because mm-hmm. uh, Hodges, I guess, was also a Rothstein fan and and another one of those guys who you know read his books as a young man and really affected him. Um, and I I think I don't know the this whole season is like this weird kind of uh, uh, I don't know it it it, it feels like an, a PSA telling people not to get too invested in. Uh, you know, uh, artists and, yeah. and thing, you know what I mean? Like, don't or let, it's Stephen King making all the characters of his stories. Thank him. That, that's true. <laughs> pay, <too. laughs> pay tribute. Cause like, yeah, no, I, I don't actually think that's what it is, but um, yeah, no, it's, um, uh, uh, just real quick. Another Fargo connection. Once, once Alma cuts up, uh, Danielle's body. She throws it in a wood chipper. Oh yeah, yeah. I saw the Which, wood chipper in her backyard because, like, it, you see it we, when she drags her out to the freezer. And I was like, oh come on, right? And then, so, yeah, it's <laughs> so. Uh, this part kind of kind of bumped me here when, like, it's clearly the middle of the night, and like Alma doesn't live in the middle of the woods, like there are people around right? who would be like, who the fuck is running a wood chipper at 10 o'clock at night? Yes. This is, this is insane. <laughs> um, but you know, but whatever. 
Um, suspension. Stranger of things have happened in Bridgeton, Ohio. Oh, Stranger Things. See, wow. I see. I didn't even think about it. Maybe that show is good. It's good. It's not. <laughs> uh, it's fine. We we already said that. Um, mm. Yeah. There. Okay. And then there's there's one more character. There's the bookshop owner, who uh, the kid and uh, Morris keep going to. Like the kid is trying to sell the manuscripts, and the guy's you know talking about how he can you know he can fence them. He knows a guy who can sell them or whatever. But this is like this is very illegal to do. Yeah. Because obviously. Yeah. You know, it's stolen property. Like it was Rothstein's, and he was killed, and somebody stole this stuff. Um, so everything is very like hush hush. And right. Morris went to high school with this guy, and thinks that they're friends and whatever. And you know, he wants, he basically wants to get the manuscripts uh, from the kid. And if he could use his bookstore friend to do it, then that's what he's going to do. Um, he comes into play a little bit later. Mm-hmm. Um, Did you think it was weird when, um, right? Cause like Peter comes in and he's asking about the, um, manuscripts or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, and then Morris comes in, he's asking about the manuscripts. Did you think it was weird when at the drive-in featuring Iggy pop came in and asked for a manuscript replica? <laughs> So that <laughs> I thought that was weird. I that, it was it really kind of it it took me out of the show. Oh, it, it did it? <laughs> yeah. I our <laughs> listeners can probably relate. <laughs> yeah, I'm sure. I'm yeah. sure they can. <laughs> That's is what's is that Rolodex propaganda? Is that the name of that song? Uh, is that what it is? I think so. Yeah, it That's, is. So funny. Yep, <laughs> that is one hundred percent it. <laughs> uh, that may have been the first Iggy Pop performance I ever heard in my life. Was that at the drive-in song? Really? Yeah, I think I think maybe. I mean, I probably heard like "Lost for Life" or whatever. But yeah. yeah. Anyway. Anywho. <laughs> anyway. Um, and then, so like the episode five basically ends with like the trial going on. They're gonna. Uh, put Holly up on the stand because Holly has, um, has a very similar connection, uh, to what Lou's connection was to Brady. And Uh, and she was also terrible. Go ahead. Oh, I was just gonna say, and like, as you know, over the, really the last like two and a half episodes, Lou is like calling the shots on her case more and more. Like it's her idea to bring Holly up because Holly is basically like a more, um, more sympathetic, uh, version of Lou version. Right. right. Yes. She, you know, Holly, um, she, Holly lost two of her aunts. She lost, uh, the one aunt to the explosion. And then, uh, she lost the other one who, you know, she was the one pretty uh, tormented pretty, to death. Yeah. Right. And right. Drove her to, uh, kill herself. Yes. Um, and also Holly is the one who, uh, bashed Brady in the head with a big old paperweight at that yeah. uh, function when he was cosplaying as Professor X. I'm gonna blow <laughs> the motherfucker up. Uh, um. So and so Holly, you know they want to bring Holly up to take the stand uh, to 
you know, to sort of like basically what's happening here, right, is uh, in the trial, the defense is trying to they're not trying to say that, uh, you know, Lou didn't do it. Lou did it. Everybody knows mm-hmm. it. Everybody saw it. That, that's a fact. Um, they're, they're trying to form some sort of a defense based on like, uh, you know, she did basically a public service. Uh, right. It's sort of like, that's one angle. She was defending it. herself. Right. Um, right. She, it was like, it, it was kind of a self-defense thing. It was kind of like, uh, um, putting an end to a monster, which right. the people of the town are on her side. Right. You know, they, they agree with that. And, you know, a lot of these people, they wanted, of course they wanted this kid Brady dead. And, you know, from last season when they, once he took those uh, smart drugs and made his brain real big and r- real wrinkly. Uh, um, remember Felix Babineau? <laughs> remember how he was in like the first like seven episodes and then just disappeared? Jesus like, Christ. Thank God, though. Off. That guy was such a dud. Oh, my God. Yeah, he sucked. Um, but it, basically that case was all about like proving whether or not he was, um, you know, capable of. You know, whether he could, they wanted to study him, basically. Uh, they wanted to study his brain. He would have been, uh, you know, championed. He would have been, you know, on talk shows. They would have, like, done this whole fucking, you know, thing, making him some sort of a celebrity. And, you know, that's that's one of the angles that the defense is taking. Like, you know, who, no, like, we couldn't, we can't have that, you know? That's, that's a sick society that we would live in. Um, Excuse me. Um, yeah, so the the episode ends with like Holly is about to take the stand, and Alma uh, throws Danielle's body in the wood chipper. Morris doesn't know about this. Morris just thinks that his girlfriend left him. Um, so I, I'm sure that's going to come to a head at some point. Yeah. Um, and that's uh, it's kind of the end of the first half, right? It, did I miss anything? Did we did we miss anything? No, just uh, we get that stirring rendition of that Neil Diamond song, right? And uh, that's pretty much. I think that's just about it. I mean, there's also like that little side plot about Holly going on dates with Roland oh. Finkelstein, right? There's attorney that. at law. Um, I don't know. There's not much to that yet. Yeah. I mean, like it, it's sort of this thing where like Holly, Holly is very like, uh, she doesn't, she feels weird about it. Not because of like Finkelstein is being weird. Like he's being, not because it's Brad Gelman. <laughs> yeah. Which that's the fucking weird part. To yeah. me. <laughs> like, this guy, love Brad interest, Gelman. Brad Gelman. Yeah. <laughs> right. And you know, uh, beautiful woman, uh, a Holly, uh, Gibney, you know, <laughs> just insanity. But, um, yeah, that, that whole plot, that, that like side thing, uh, kind of, I don't, I don't know where that's going just yet or if anywhere. Yeah. Um, yeah. Conflict of interest in the court case or something. I don't know. Yes. Something. I don't think there's any rule that says you can't, examine no. the the woman you examined 
<laughs> yeah. Noise. He's a dog. The, the, the dude's a dog. Oh, we're, you, watch out. Get Look who's coming into the core room. It's the dog. <laughs> Famously. <laughs> <laughs> um, what if it's like a uh, yappy, a little yappy dog? Uh, also, uh, at the end of like, or towards the end of episode five, Peter, uh, the kid, um, like he starts. It, just, uh, do they f- they don't find him, right? Morris and Alma, they, they don't. Find no, him just they yet, right? they know it's him. They do know it's him, though. Okay. But. Um, they're like doing recon. Like they, they think they right. know the right time to go there, but then like his mom never leaves the house or whatever. Right. Um, right in the right. last episode, okay. Morris does break and enter. He does go right. He gives goes the dog into the house a dog when treat. home. Yeah, right. gives boogers a biscuit to ward him off, and then is like right. sort of rooting around for the cash, not right. realizing that Peter has created like a. It's like uh, this weird, like uh, cubby hole or something in the yeah, wall. Mm-hmm. He's like removed a section of sideboard that's behind his dresser or something. Right. And that's where he keeps the money in the manuscripts. Right. So, so he the, like comes and goes, he's like, I couldn't find anything. Yeah. Um, so Peter ends up, he packs up all the money in the cat or the money in the manuscripts and, uh, and he leaves. Um, so we don't know where he's going just yet. Um, and that's that's the end of episode five, cliffhanger. What wow. happens? Wow. Lou, will Lou be found guilty? Will or will we just talk about how her her defense strategy over and over? <laughs> uh, that's it. I mean, I, I really this this season probably could have been like six episodes, not ten. Yeah. Um, you know that's that kind of sucks. Um. <laughs> Kind but of again, does suck, yeah. I, I do. I, I like watching Brendan Gleeson. So, like, all of the other stuff, I'm like, it. it's not as good as Brendan Gleeson. Yeah. Like, but that's time- the problem. I mean, that was the problem with last season, too, is, like, increasingly the focus is not on that character. Right. Again, because he his arc has already been completed. So he is, like, he's almost like a side character in, his, in this fucking series that's based yeah. around him. Ugh, bummer. So, uh, yeah, that's it. We're not going to do segments no. this week. No. Um, we're going to save that for the end of the season. As punishment for listening to this episode, we're not even going to let you hear the funny song you like. <laughs> <laughs> that's right. Sorry. Sorry. So I guess, um, Gilly, I guess in two weeks we can finish this fucking show put yeah. it put the final nail in the coffin i'm That's looking right. i'm i'm looking forward to it you're looking forward to never talking about mr mercedes again truly i'm yeah. so sick of this goddamn show rob <laughs> <laughs> i i don't think it's a good show but i i don't hate it as much as you do i, I think i that's the thing like as i'm watching it i'm like pretty neutral on it Sure. But then I'm done. I'm like, I watched that whole goddamn thing. I mean, that is the bigger problem is that like, well, this was just a huge waste of time. (laughs) (laughs) I I did. I did realize that like last night while I was watching an episode that I'm like, 
I will have watched all three seasons of Mr. Mercedes. Yeah, it's you and it's me and it's like the people who edited the show. Right. The other some of the people that worked at the audience network, but not all of them. Right. I don't believe for a second, for example, that the staff writers didn't write episodes. They don't have like written yeah. by credits on. Right. They only yeah, yeah. they only watch their own episodes. That's right. Um. So it's you and it's me and I'm looking for the editor's name, but I can't find it. There are so many kinds of editors. So. <laughs> oh, well. But yeah, you, you could imagine those editors probably uh, probably had to watch it a couple times. I bet there's like a, um, what is it? Like a pre a preloaded thing, a plug-in in Final Cut. Yeah. Like a, a miss, you hit the uh, Mister Mercedes the, button, and it just like, it just like sort of shits out a, an episode. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Okay. Edited by several people. So right, it, we've yeah. seen a higher concentration of this show than anybody else on Earth. Yes. Undoubtedly. Yes, undoubtedly. Uh, especially when we're talking about fucking, like, you know, uh, not to. <laughs> Not to get ahead of myself here, but I'm on IMDb and I'm on episode two of season three, and it's been, uh, you know, rated uh, 7.3 by 430 souls. <laughs> that's it. That's that's actually sickening. That's so many. Yeah. There are there are more people than that in like a mall, but uh, I Rob, yeah. I think you know New Year, right? We're talking about like. Things we want to do for the show, right? Uh-huh. Things, yes. Steps steps forward we want to take. Mm. I think it's a reasonable goal to try to have more Patreon subscribers than there are people who reviewed season three, <laughs> episode two of Mr. Mercedes. I think that's totally reasonable. I, <laughs> that's the standard I'm holding myself to. Yeah, makes I, sense. I need to be more popular than Mr. Mercedes. All right. Well, you heard it here, guys. Um, tell your friends. Yeah. Because I'm not I'm not really a work guy. Not really a doing <laughs> work guy. So. Um, yeah. I, I was just looking up the director of the episode, too. His name is Jack Bender. It's a cool name. So that's a pretty cool name. He directed and, most of the series, in fact. Yeah. He also directed Child's Play 3. And Child's Play a couple three. episodes. Yeah, Child's Play three is when he goes to military school. <laughs> it's <laughs> that's a it's good just one. Just as crazy. Yeah, that's, yeah. it's pretty good. <laughs> um, yeah, the guy he did forty two episodes of Lost. The guy fucking works. Um, anyway, all right. I think I think that's it, right, Dan? Yeah. Else? I, nah, I'm ready to call this one. All right. I think we so, covered all our all the important plot points of Mr. Mercedes season three, episodes one through five. Right. Um, all right guys. So, um, definitely, you know, stay tuned for part two. Uh, <laughs> don't forget to fucking rate and review the show on iTunes. Oh yeah. Give us those, love that. Give us those stars, baby. We're, and then we're if you, uh, gluttons for stars. Yeah. Uh, and then if you write, you write a, a review, Maybe do it as Stephen King. That's oh, a fun yeah. thing that people like to do. Here's here's what I'll say. 
you guys know how Rob is sick all the time now. He, for example, he's been coughing with his mic muted for the past ten seconds straight. <laughs> that is be that is due to not enough stars. He has a star right, I'm, deficiency. I'm, I'm weak from no, lack of stars. His doctor says he can't stop coughing until he gets more stars. So make sure you rate us on every platform you can think of. We finally, yeah, like, when you when you search Stephen King, we now come up in like the first twenty search results. It's amazing. <laughs> it it's me and it, it's a very rare disease. First off, mm-hmm. the lack of stars. It's like me and Luigi, and that's about it. <laughs> <laughs> you know, nobody wants to play as Luigi. Everybody's always going after Mario. That's right. That's right. Uh, <laughs> so. Uh, yeah, rate review the show on iTunes. Uh, we'll read it on the the podcast. Oh yeah, um, definitely check out the Patreon. Oh yeah, at uh, you know patreon.com slash kingmepod. You sign up for uh, five dollars a month. We will do an episode about the movie of your choosing. Yeah, choose a movie and we'll fucking we'll talk about it and we'll we'll give you a shout out. Um, we may what curse else? your name depending on the movie. We've done yeah. it before. Yeah, watch yourselves. That's yeah. all I'm saying. Yeah. Choose wisely. <laughs> Yeah. Uh, if you want, if you have any uh, questions, if you want to reach out, you can email us at kingmepod at gmail.com. That's true. Um, what else? I Find us it. on the socials, whatever. Look them up. King yeah, Me Pod. Yeah. Variations on that. Do it. Right. Um, yeah. And, and stay tuned, guys, because we're, uh, we're cooking up some, some fun stuff, I think. You ever wonder what Rob looks like as he's retching in his home studio? <laughs> you may soon find out. <laughs> I am. Uh, it's gonna, you're gonna see it. <laughs> That's what's gonna happen. You see those dizzy Gillespie cheeks. <laughs> you think you're watching, uh, you're watching two guys do a podcast and then all of a sudden Rob's over there going, <laughs> yep. Forgot that you got that trumpet in the back pocket. Yeah, I always have the so. trumpet in my back pocket. <laughs> uh, all right, guys. Until That's next it. week, I'm your Danny. I'm your Robbie. Gagliardi. Ah. S- Stephen King. Stephen King. <laughs> <laughs>